Hey there, this is Mitchell Maldonado. I'm a musician, record producer, graphic designer. Right now I work as the media director at Vineyard Boise in Boise, Idaho. In this world where everything has moved almost exclusively online and into a digital realm, I just wanted to have a conversation with other creatives and find out what life looks like for them. It started with a conversation with Ryan Imano. He's a video producer and communications director at the Vineyard in Overland Park, Kansas. And we realized there's a lot more people out there who are navigating through this too. So we just started reaching out to more people. On this episode, we talked to John Mann. He's the online campus pastor at the Kansas City North Vineyard, and he's been doing this for a while. Uh, So we hopped on Instagram Live and just wanted to chat and pick his brain and see how they've been fostering that community online. Enjoy. Yeah, so let's let's uh let's start this thing. So give us like a short synopsis of like who you are and what you do and where you're from, John Mann the fourth. Right. So yeah, so I my name is John Mann. I am the fourth. There were many of us and hopefully many <laughs> more to come. We'll see. Uh, how pro- how prolific we end up being at the end of the day. Um, <laughs> I am from Kansas City. I am currently work at uh, Vineyard Casey North. I'm the director of communications and the online campus pastor there. Um, so before before I did church stuff, um, I had my own photography company, and I did a lot of work doing social media content for small businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, started out doing weddings and portraits and stuff, and then uh, realized how seasonal that work was. And I was like, wait mm-hmm. a minute, if I change this one or two things, I get paychecks every month. So I started yeah. doing, it was a much better situation. <laughs> Imagine uh, that. <laughs> right, yeah. Like, <laughs> sustainable income, weird. Um, so I started doing uh, social media content for businesses. I grew up in the church that I work at now. Uh, mm. Zach says he's the drummer for my first rock and roll band uh, yes. growing up more importantly. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, more importantly, I did play drums for a band called the understudy, uh, with Zach Horde, uh, long time yeah. ago. Shout but, out um, to Zach, man. <laughs> yeah. Like Zach, Zach's a good example. Like we, we grew up in the church. I started going to this church when I was fifth grade, something like that. So it's been, it's been oh, a wow. long time. Um, and as I started doing more social media content, I started looking at what churches were doing more specifically, what my church was doing, Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was kind of just like, why? Like, do better. <laughs> like, we should, yeah. we can do way yeah. better than this. Like, <laughs> um, and then looking at like Capital C Church, like all, big church, um, yeah. you know, kind of what was going on with like missing millennials um, mm. and younger generations. Like, there's a pretty big gap. And if we if we don't change a little bit about how we do church, then you know, even like you kind of had like big big shifts that happen in the history of the church, you know, like uh, being able to print the Bible, for example, and most people being, sure. being able to read it on its own was a huge shift. Yeah. Um, you know, not necessarily on that same scale, but like introducing rock and roll in the church was another one of those big, like, Oh my God, yeah. there's a whole new huge group of people in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think online ministry could be that big of a deal. Like it, oh, for if, sure. if it's done well, could be uh, one of those next huge shifts that happens and, and what people consider church to be and then how we reach people. So mm. when I started looking around and I was like, ah, I'm not kind of cool with this. And I, I literally just walked in, uh, set up a meeting uh, with some of the communication people at my church and walked in and just started like spewing ideas and a little bit of like <laughs> uh, a little bit of angst of like, why aren't we doing these things? Sure. Um, and then to my surprise, they took me seriously. 
was like, I've not been doing this very long and you, uh, you're really taking me seriously right now. So, yeah. and then I got a job there and it kind of has just transformed. And, um, I kept, I kept telling leadership at our church. I was like, Hey, the, the further we take this social media stuff and online ministry stuff, the more I makes, the more I think it makes sense for there to be a pastor that oversees it. Because sure. at that time it was just, you know, communications team stuff. Yeah. Um, and then at that, at that point they were like, okay, cool. What if that pastor was you? And I was like, Oh, <laughs> I had not considered that turn of events. Uh, no, that's not what I was talking about. I was talking no, about somebody. No, no, no. Like, uh, and it's funny. Cause you hear, like you hear a lot of stories of people like that become pastors and they have this story of like, and then the heavens opened and light shone sure. down and got, you know, like this giant yeah. story. So I kind of expected that and it didn't happen. Yeah. And I was, uh, talking to my wife about it. I was like, Hey, should we do this? Should I, you know, should I be a pastor? Is that what I should do? And I was like telling her, I'm like, I keep expecting God to do this big thing. And she's like, you're being an idiot. And I was like, wait, <laughs> what, why? Like, just look at like the path that has happened to get you where you are now. And these doors keep opening. This path keeps going. Like you're mm -hmm. being an idiot. Just go like, just do it. Yeah. So now I'm a pastor. Um, <laughs> and since then, um, started doing a lot more stuff with online ministry at our church. And then, and now I also run our communications department. Nice. So that's the nice. not so short version of the story. No, it's great, man. It's great. So you were the online pastor, like before this whole like coronavirus, all this stuff. And so yeah. two questions. Number one, how long have you been doing that? And how mm -hmm. long have you guys been streaming? Because if I recall, you haven't been streaming for a super long time, right? No. So um, it's this a lot of stuff has changed at our church really quickly over the last couple of years. Um, yeah. We're also in a, a transition from the founding pastor to a new senior pastor. So right now we have an interim mm -hmm. senior pastor. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's been a lot of changes, but the way you used to become a pastor was you would do a two year long internship. Um, mm, okay. I did a little over half of it before they just decided to end it early and <laughs> getting and thrown into it. Let's just do this thing. Yeah. So I, um, that was about a year of like research and trying to get things going, but, um, I've been the online campus pastor for a year and a half ish. Okay. So, and we started doing, uh, some form of online services pretty much immediately. Mm. Um, but we actually don't live stream. Um, we do stuff quite a bit differently than a lot of other churches do. We have never live stream services actually. Sure. Um, we do, we have multiple locations, mm -hmm. um, and our, we call it the North campus, the main campus. People get upset when you call it the main campus, but, um, which the largest first one <laughs> and where we yeah, record things. Yeah. Um, I mean, it kind of makes sense, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, we, yeah. Anyway, um, that's not important, but traditionally we have recorded our Saturday night service there and then distributed mm -hmm. that to the other campuses, um, that are all in the Kansas city area. So we're literally mm -hmm. just driving flash drives to and fro. Um, yeah. so because of that, we kind of had all, already had systems set up to record, um, but we didn't have systems set up to live stream. Mm -hmm. um, on a normal weekend before COVID stuff, our weekend attendance was somewhere around 2,200, 2,300 on any given weekend. Um, Just say your main campus or, or with the other campuses? Total with every, yeah, everything combined. Okay. Cool. Um, and when I was kind of doing research, I was looking into the live stream stuff, which was totally doable, but, um, because we were already recording, I could start doing that for free, essentially. 
Sure. Um, so I started going that route, started learning more about, uh, we started out doing uh, Facebook, just watch parties like premieres. So at this point, are you, are you still doing it from the recorded service on Saturday? Yeah, we are. Premiering it live on Sunday morning. Yeah. So pretty quickly we moved off of Facebook watch parties and Facebook premieres onto the church online platform. So that's mm-hmm. a, a platform that you can, church is going to use for free. It's designed and distributed by life church. Um, same people that make the U version Bible app. Um, they're the platform's completely free. You just have to figure out your video hosting. So whether that's yeah. live or you're doing a pre-recorded service like we're doing, um, they have an option in there that you can do what's called a simulated live service. So we're using mm-hmm. a pre-recorded video, the worship, the mm-hmm. teaching, the announcements, all that stuff gets edited down into one video. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we do a simulated live service on that church online platform. And how that works is let's say the service starts at 11 a.m. and you join the service at 11.05. Your video just simply starts five minutes in. So gotcha. everyone in the chat is kind of lined up in the same section of the mm-hmm. video so that you could have mm-hmm. live chat but a pre-recorded video. Um, nice. nice. W- we started doing that mostly because of cost. And then sure. I just, it takes a lot to get set up to do live and to do it really well, you know, because yeah. we like uh, Fountain City Music is um, part of our church, something that you guys have been involved with actually. Um, yeah. They record a lot of music, you know, do their own um, album releases and stuff like that. So we kind of had, an idea of a quality level that we wanted to hit. And we were yeah. unsure that we could accomplish that with live. Um, because at a certain point when you're live streaming, the way you make the band better is just individually make individual musicians better. <laughs> you know, like yeah. how do we make this yeah. sound better? Be better at singing or playing yeah. the bass or, or whatever. Yeah. Um, so there was a lot of uh kind of momentum built up around wanting to kind of have another go at it to get mm. to record and kind of polish things up. So that's mm. kind of where we find ourselves now. Yeah, that's cool. I, I think it's, it's interesting before, because like, I feel like a lot of churches uh, were super concerned about the quality level of their mm-hmm. life stream, which every church should be, I think. Yeah. Um, and then now in this like desperate grab of trying to like create something, churches like us that have media people and, and communications people, that, that can attain that high level where mm-hmm. we're like, we're all about it. Like, let's, let's keep doing this good. Let's keep doing it well. And then for like other churches that maybe don't have, uh, people like that, they're like, we just, we need to create something. We gotta, yeah. we gotta, we gotta get something out there because we're not able to have people in their service right, right away. And so I'm at, like, have you guys, once we switch to, so you guys, I mean, you guys are a pretty big church. You guys got killer musicians, great bands and stuff. When we switched to doing exclusively online, um, cause that probably happened for what the 15th, the 22nd, somewhere around there for you guys. Yeah. I think the 15th was the first service that we, the first weekend that we didn't have in-person services. Yeah. So did you guys just keep the normal, like big band kind of thing since you guys were already kind of doing the pre-recorded mixing thing or did you guys scale it down or what'd you guys do? Um, a little bit of both. So for, for a long time, I had been just using pre-recorded music videos because we had them. Mm. We had just, oh, you sure. know, we, uh, you, you actually are a part of our worship online because you're in some of these music videos. <laughs> oh, Thanks. snap. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. So like our online campus people like would recognize your face. Um, yeah, because yeah. we didn't have very many videos, <laughs> so we used them regularly. <laughs> um, just keep reusing them over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, 
we had been kind of moving towards, we had a goal of recording a full worship set every weekend. And that was eventually where we wanted to get to. But at the time that like COVID happened, we weren't there yet. So there was a lot of scrambling to try and get us to that point. Um, It was super cool to see our leadership and then our staff. Basically everyone just dropped everything. We really quickly had the conversation of like, all of your jobs are different than they were last week. Yeah. We love you. Let's go. <laughs> like, yeah. like no matter yeah. what your job was, it probably doesn't like exist in the same way. Like, yeah. so everyone's doing something different with, you know, uh, kind of us being some of the exceptions to that rule. Um, we yeah. just kind of had to keep doing the same stuff, but um, a lot more of it. But so Seriously. we really, really quickly had um, a band up at the church to record I think they did three or four weeks worth of worship in like a day or two. Like they just wow, banged out a bunch of stuff really quickly. Uh, it's mm-hmm. funny because it shows like on in one of the one of the sets, like everyone just looks super tired. It's because they had been <laughs> recording for like seven hours or something. Like ridiculous. we've been here like, all day long. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So we really quickly moved to being able to have that. It was a little bit more of a stripped down thing. I think there were. Mm-hmm four musicians on the stage. So piano, acoustic, sure. vocal, that kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. But we pretty quickly jumped into doing a full band. As soon yeah. as it, it made it easier when there weren't people there, like when the West, like the auditorium was whatever we needed to be, we could put cameras wherever we wanted, you know, it didn't matter. Right. Um, it got pretty easy. Uh, it got much easier. I should say, I can't say very easy because they worked really hard yeah. at it, but um, yeah. But we it's were, a lot easier when you're running cable and you don't have to worry about. Yeah, like, it's just on it. the floor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I have like big, big yellow cables and black like SDI cable just running straight from our media booth, like sh- just straight to the stage. Because yep. I'm like, there's nobody here to like clean it up for, so right. I'm just gonna run it right under there. And I've even like even it, the way our stage changes like week to week. Mm-hmm. I have like the the whole auditorium is off and I have all the lighting on stage like lights wise. Mm-hmm. And so it creates just like a black ring around everything. And so once I'm outside of that ring of lighting, it just looks like there's just stuff piled up. There's like speakers and mic stands and stuff like that versus But it's so dark any you can't other, see it. Yeah, you can't see it at all. Nice. Like it's just just with the way we have our camera set and normally like on Sunday I'm very like much like clean and pristine. Our stage is like, if we're not using it this morning, it's off the stage. Like mm-hmm. if we're not using this cable, if we're not using this mic stand, get it off stage. And so now I'm like, eh, whatever. Nobody's going to see it. Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> who, who, who am I cleaning up for? But right. Yeah. In that sense, it makes it a lot easier to get some of the video shots and, and mm-hmm. do anything like that. And so, um, so does your, does your pastor do it from the stage or is he doing it from, cause you guys are still doing worship in your normal auditorium, right? Uh, the worship recording is happening in there. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Same stage. It's, it's a big enough stage that people are able to spread out and be six feet, you know, more than six feet apart. Um, mm-hmm. We, we've had conversations of kind of striking that balance, but we, we don't want people to see us there and think, Oh, they're just disregarding all of the things we've been asked to do with not being right. around each other. So we even, even when we had three or four weeks recorded right at the beginning, we were kind of in the chat during services saying like, Hey, we recorded this already. You know, that, that kind of stuff. Um, sure. If you see us really close, that's why. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's because this was before, yeah. um, mm-hmm. like the, I think like the week before, um, we had to shut down physical services. We had a big, a fairly big spike in people that went online because things were kind of, at least here in, in Kansas yeah. city, were already sort of kind of weird. Like, 
They said no, yeah. no gatherings of a thousand people or more, which technically wasn't any of our services, but if you add them all up, it was more. So there was sure. you know, kind of confusion around it. Um, mm-hmm. That week we still had pre-recorded like music videos and we're like mm-hmm. big crowds of people <laughs> in front of the musicians yeah. and stuff like, ah, not great, yeah. uh, <laughs> but we're making it work. I've heard a lot of podcasts about that where it's almost like the disclaimer of, cause it, I've listened to a couple, like I listened to the office ladies podcast where it's mm-hmm. Jenna Fisher and Angela Kinsey. And they're like, yeah, you, we recorded these episodes before the stay at home order. And so you'll hear us like, we actually recorded this in the studio. We're sitting at the table together. You'll hear us right. like, talking about taking our kids to school and stuff like that, which is obviously not happening. It's changed so, I feel so like quickly. It's so weird. And I feel like that's kind of the, like the disclaimer that people have to give mm-hmm. right now. It's just like, Hey, like, just so you know, we're, we're listening. I feel like there's, there's been the weird, um, not necessarily from like one type of church or whatever, but there, I've seen some churches really push back on the, like, sure. We like everybody is shutting down, but we don't have to, we're the church, whatever. Right. And I'm like, I I don't, I don't think that's true, man. Like it's well, not, I mean, tec- <laughs> technically it's true. So like technically yeah. religious services can continue, but like this is, <sighs> as the church, the big capital C church, like we got to do a good job about these things. And it doesn't take very many of them not doing a good job there to make Christians as a whole look bad or dumb. Right. Even just setting a good example of it. Like, Hey, we're like the, our local government is asking us to stay at home. Mm -hmm. Let's stay at home. And let's figure out how to do this. Like other businesses are having to figure out how they do their business from home. Mm -hmm. We can do the same thing. And like, I mean, it's just a matter of changing how we do stuff and, right. and figuring that out. And it's, it's been really interesting to, to, to challenge that model of church. Yeah. Um, but I feel like people like you were, were really set up, like we've been streaming for a long time, but we haven't really had like any kind of, um, online, like pastor mm-hmm. or online, um, mediation is a bad word, but like overseeing and like pastoralship of that. Sure. Yeah. Um, it's just kind of been like, Hey, this is our Sunday service. And you're just kind of like peeking in. Right. Like this is like, everybody can just kind of join in and every now and then we'll, Hey, I can't hear Trevor or whatever. And mm-hmm. like, that's really the only interaction is like when somebody's like, <laughs> okay, we'll I can't it. hear something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, we've gone through a bunch of different versions audio wise of how we do it. Right. Um, and so whether it's a dedicated person or it's just running off of a, a ox mix or anything like that, we've gone through all the different versions. So we've, we've had, we've had our peaks and valleys of quality and, and screwing it up and whatever. And, and so, um, I think it's, it's interesting for like media people to look to now look at it and see what it looks like to actually like foster that community online and actually like create that community online. It similarly in a way that a social media network would do that, Mm -hmm. but not really. I don't know. It's just, it it looks a little different because you're not just like, Hey, I'm going to the store, like posting whatever you would on Facebook or Instagram, but you're trying to encourage that same kind of connection that you would in person as you're like walking in and shaking a greeter's hand or whatever, which is not going to happen now. Not yeah, No, it's not like <laughs> I tried to like, anytime I would have conversations uh, with people about like, Hey, online ministry in general, there's mm-hmm. kind of the first thing I encourage them to do is really think about what are you trying to accomplish with this? Because it kind of, mm-hmm. kind of boils down to three different things. You've got, uh, you know, Hey Judy couldn't make it to church this week. Uh, she's on vacation, click on the live stream and watch from a camera in the back of the room. That's one thing completely valid. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that, but like, 
that is that is not going to grow a ton. It's it's more of a serve. It's, sure. it's a utility, really. Um, yeah. Then you've got the second option, which is the online to offline, which is, hey, we offer online services, but really only to hopefully like get you to come in person. Again, mm. nothing wrong with that. That's totally fine. Um, yeah. More or less as a preview. Yeah, exactly. Which it's totally yeah. valid. Like in the same way that people are going to check out your website before they come to your church, like for yeah. the most part, they're going to watch some videos, you know, does your, yeah. is your music good? Does your preacher, is he exciting? Yeah. You know, whatever. Which um, we've had a lot of our worship team join like that. Yeah. And they're, they're like, oh yeah, we watched your worship on our live stream. And we're like, oh God, you did. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you still want to be a part of this? <laughs> right. It worked. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. We're like, cool. And then kind of the third option is like a, com- a completely online strategy. And that's where my mm. heart was. That's what I wanted to like strike out and do was that I wanted people to feel like they were part of our church and never step foot in our building. Like if they ended yeah, up coming in person, cool. awesome. That's great. But if they didn't, yeah. okay. Like I wanted there to be enough there to support them. So that's, that's online classes. That's online prayer ministry. That's mm. online, like healing mm-hmm. ministry. That's, uh, you know, online mm. giving a lot of uh, media stuff. There's, there's a lot to build if that's what you're striking out to do. But like you said, we were in a, we were in a lucky position because we had started, I had started down that pathway a year ago, you know? Yeah. So this was yeah. a dramatic sp- <laughs> uptick in the veracity <laughs> that we were sure, like going sure. for it. Um, because yeah. some of those things were hard, they were hard to get approved on a budget standpoint. Like some it's expensive. Sure, like, sure. um, yeah. they're now they actually started this project before COVID, but they're, um, building out a new sound room that's separate from our auditorium with a separate, um, mixer and separate everything so that mm. they can do live recordings every week. Um, mm, you know, we're, cool. we're staffing up and getting people in place to do that kind of thing. Um, yeah, but I think it's been interesting now, like with churches being just kind of thrust into it that, you know, mm-hmm. hey, what, what happens after this? Right. Like, cause right. we're all, we all have skills now that we didn't have a month ago. Um, right. Because of what we're going through, how many of us decide to continue doing it? Like, uh, so I don't mm-hmm. know. I would just encourage any of the churches or people listening to it to just really think about what do you want this to be? You know, yeah. because if you if you if you can pick between one of those three things, uh, once you have that decided, then next steps become a lot more clear. I mentioned this when I was talking to Ryan last week too, is, uh, I listened, somebody sent me a podcast. I, it was even before all this, all this COVID stuff and whatever, but we were just talking about, um, leaning into our, our digital resources and our website and social media and yeah. stuff like that. Um, cause we've had, I mean, we've kind of had a presence with it. Um, before me, they were live streaming for a long time. And then, um, when I got there, like I went through a rebranding process and I, uh, redid, you know, all of our, all of our logos, says our the, website, says the non-communication guy, <laughs> dude, man, I'm just a musician. And the, like, and that's what happened is I went there and they're like, yeah, this is Mitchell, our branding expert. I'm like, Oh, yeah. Branding expert is a strong word. Right, that's, yep. that's a strong title. Like I, I have just figured this out as I go. Yeah. Um, and so like we had kind of a process with that 
but like our engagement on our digital resources yeah. has like grown and grown and grown yeah. slowly over the last like three or four years. Um, and then, so I think it was our, our celebrate recovery pastor that was, that sent this to us. And it's basically leaning into kind of what you're talking about is like having an online, um, pastor and an online really service, not yeah. just like that kind of preview or like so-and-so sick or they're out of town or whatever, yep. you know, just that they can. So, cause for us, honestly, that's most of what it was. Like most of the people who watched on our service, um, they were either like sick and couldn't make it there or they were traveling or, you know, whatever it is. Like, it's just basically like, Hey, I couldn't be there in person. So this is how I can join, mm -hmm. which is great. But actually fostering that community takes a whole nother, like a whole nother step. Yeah. Um, it's, you have to be super intentional about it. Yeah. And this, this, this podcast that I listened to, they like shut down all, they had campuses all over town, kind of like you guys. Mm -hmm. Um, and the resources that they were, that they were sending to those campuses and basically pulled all that back and put all those resources into their online services. Mm -hmm. And so like just pouring those, re like you're talking about, like getting people to staff it up and help with that communication and even just being just a pastoral presence on there. Yeah. Um, you know, the people who are pastoring this campus, you know, in, you know, an hour away or a half hour away or whatever, they're now pastoring the people online and doing that. And so yep. I have to look at that and think like, okay, well, we didn't really have anybody doing this before. We had like the guy who's doing our video switching. He's chiming in on our Facebook and doing that, but he's also doing something live right. and doing things in the building. He's, he's already multitasking. Yeah. 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 And he's just on his phone doing that. And so- for this, we've been looking at it. So like, how does that, what does that look like now? I mean, now that it, more so as a temporary measure, like in this season where our, um, our children's pastor aren't having to take care of, you know, 500 kids or whatever, right. and our youth pastor and some of our teaching pastors who aren't doing classes or anything on a, on a Sunday morning, maybe they can help out and step into that process now. Um, which has been great. And we've had some people step up, but what does that look like after, we go back to normal. Yeah. That's like, the big question, man. Like, and, yeah. and the conversations we've had about it so far, they've kind of laid it on that normal won't be normal again. No Like way. when we yeah. go back to normal, it's going to look like something in between what we were used to and what we're experiencing now. Um, yeah. As an online ministry enthusiast, <laughs> like I'm super yeah. stoked about that. Um, yeah. I kind of see it as a focusing. There was a lot of stuff we were spending time on that just at the end of the day, it just wasn't the most important, but it, we had done it for sure. so long that, you know, we had to continue like the amount of money and time that go into designing and printing our weekly bulletin is insane. Yeah. Like the amount of money yeah. overall, we can accomplish the same thing with our website. Or an app. Yeah. And, yeah. But before this situation, the idea of not having one would have been, like how can we ever exist Dude, same with us like i spend too much time do doing the bulletin for half the people to pick it up right you know and actually read the content and then what percentage of those people to actually read it yeah yeah i feel like it's been i added like two pages of sermon notes mm -hmm. blank pages which is like negative space design but yeah. like now i feel like it's getting used a little bit more just because like oh hey now you can use it for your notes so it actually gives people a purpose but yeah. now your congregation just got really good at tic-tac-toe yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> they're all just doing that in the sermon notes right. you pick them up in the trash and it's all just that but yeah dude like i mean we i had looked at that before and like and the same thing we can, we can create the same resource online on a page on our, on our website yeah. and it doesn't cost us a dime. Right. 
but people, we, we didn't have a culture of people using that. Mm -hmm. And so that's hard to do for, yeah. So making that shift where you're not forced to do that, Mm -hmm. like trying to, trying to get people to, to do that and go to a new place to get that resource is such a, such a hard thing to get them to go and and do this thing. Right. And now, now I feel like some of the things that I've been trying to push online, like, Oh, I can, I can actually do them online. And maybe we just keep them online. Like maybe that's just something we, we stick with or whatever, or, or we simplify our bulletin a whole lot more, make it like a one page. That's what we've been doing. Whatever. We used to have one bulletin was an 11 by 17 piece of paper folded. And then there were inserts. Oh my gosh. That's an insane <laughs> amount of paper and ink and information. That, and most of it was static. So most of it didn't change from week to week. It was, sure. you know, here's the staff director, you know, just a whole bunch of stuff that. Yeah. Meh. The same new people info that you need and you kind of got to share with people. So like, we, like we've been slowly shrinking that down and having less and less yeah. and less information over time, kind of in preparation to hopefully eventually pulling the plug on having to do it. Cause it's, it's expensive and super time consuming. It really is. And when, when I got to our church, we were doing it still in black and white. Like we didn't have a color machine mm-hmm. at all. And so they didn't look good either. Like, yeah. it, I mean, that's it, like, you could design wise, you could do whatever you want, but it's all stuck in black and white. And I was like, this doesn't look good. It doesn't right. look inviting. It doesn't look like something I want to be a part of or like join in all this stuff. I'm, and I spent all this time like designing the bulletin Mm -hmm. we like redesigned it to, I had somebody who um, we had a volunteer in our church that she used to do uh, like magazine layout. So she helped me kind of like revamp like the tools and help people get the important info on the bulletin and everything. Yep. And so she helped me with, with that kind of stuff. But then I'm just thinking I'm, I'm spending way too much time where I I really need to be doing other things in the church because I'm like the one media guy. Yep. And so why are we spending so much time on this resource that maybe half of our church uses? Mm-hmm. And it does cost us a lot. Cause even when I got there, I, I figured out a way to get us from black and white to color with our, um, our printing company. Mm-hmm. And it took some finagling and we got this stuff, but like it, t- it just takes so much effort and so much paper. And then I run out of toner and I forget to order it. Yep. And then I get to like Friday afternoon and I'm like, crap, I don't have enough toner. And I have to call the, company and pick up toner on will call at like four fifty nine, yeah. <laughs> and I'm, I spend the weekend just trying to like barely get this bulletin out where I'm mm-hmm. like, does it really matter? Like, well, dude, that's, I mean, it, that's the thing. And that's why it's, I don't want this to come across like I'm excited about what we're going through because this is an awful situation sure. like, and it's very heavy, but yeah, I am excited about this focusing that's happening in, in the church. Mm-hmm. I, and I try and encourage my team to do this a lot, but um, you got to zoom out. You got to look at what is, what is this goal? What is this goal your church has overall? Mm-hmm. The way that you're spending your time, is it moving the needle for those goals or not? Like, mm-hmm. are you reaching new people? Or are you getting people closer to Jesus? Like, does the bulletin accomplish that? Uh, it's may, yeah. Maybe someone sees a class in there. They go to, you know, like there, there are tangential ways that you can, you know, make the case. But I think if you ask like, is there something else I could spend my time and money on that would be more effective? I think yes is Mm -hmm. the answer in a lot of the areas that we're seeing. Yeah. Or at least even a different delivery system of, of how we do that. When we were still doing in-person, we, we used to just have like a timer countdown and whatever. And we had some rotating slides Mm -hmm. and um, we shifted that to actually doing like a 10 minute countdown video. Yeah. We'd have some music videos going like from the heart sound record and stuff, but then like little 20, 30 second interjections of stuff. That's like that kind of static stuff, but mm-hmm. presenting it in a more creative way. 
she hated me for doing this, but I had my <laughs> wife, Lindsay, she runs the coffee bar. I had her film a thing. Well, cause for their, their tips, they, they donate the t- their tips to something else. Yeah. Um, so it's not like they get tips at the coffee bar and they just split them up with whoever worked. They like donate it to, um, they did it for like breast cancer awareness. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had like a family that was in need or something. Or That's cool. They donate that. And I was like, I didn't even know that. My wife runs the coffee bar and I had no right, idea. Yeah. I had her film this like 20, 30 second kind of commercial thing for it. And, um, that's part of what plays on our 10 minute countdown video. And so like the goal was, and I have no idea, especially now how to gauge how effective it was, but the goal was like, as people are inside and they're just kind of talking and kind of getting settled, like this different kind of noise just happens. It's not just house music in the Mm -hmm. background, but this different, different something happens and it causes them to pay attention to something that's happening on the screen. Like you don't have to stop your conversation, but maybe that conveys the same info that that static spot in the bulletin would have or something like that. Yeah. Or yeah, just figuring out different, different ways to catch people's attention. Yeah. I mean, we've been trying to experiment in those same kind of time slots that you're talking about, like before the service, after the service. And then we, yeah. we use this content on social media too, but experiment with trying to tell stories about like God moving in our community. So, you know, like yeah, that's good. people being healed, like that happens. That's a thing. Like people get prayed yeah. for, like, um, there's really cool stuff happening in, in most churches, but we don't talk about it. We don't talk about it very right. much. Like, you know, if you were part of the group that was praying for that person, maybe you get an update saying like, yeah, they went back and now they don't have cancer. Right. Like, yeah, those things yeah. get passed around usually in staff meetings and pastor meetings and stuff like that. But for the average person that just goes to the church. Know. Yeah. <laughs> that's how they promoted the church at the very beginning. <laughs> like, look at all yeah. these things, yeah. the amazing things yeah. is happening. Like come be a part yeah. of it. So like that, that reminded me, you, you mentioned like you have your prayer ministry online and healing ministry. How do you guys, so we're kind of looking for a good model on how to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, cause our, even the first weekend that we did it, we shut down our, um, on the 15th, we, we shut it down cause we had, we couldn't have gatherings like more than 250 people. Mm-hmm. And we had a few people in the building just because like we got the word out super late. Sure. There's some people that come down from like the mountains, whatever. And so so even that first Sunday, our, our prayer ministry team, like the leaders of it felt really compelled to just still be in the building and pray for our church and, yeah. and do that. Um, and then quickly after that, like we, we were like, no, we got, we got to have only the media team, only the worship team mm-hmm. and Trevor, like that's, that's it. And we've had some success. We've still had people doing like home visits and talking like through the, through the screen mm-hmm. or, you know, talking from the driveway or something like that. But how do you guys even just kind of facilitate that kind of like online prayer ministry? How does, how does that work for you guys? Yeah. So there's a few different pieces to it. Um, we've for a long time had a form you could fill out on the website to submit a prayer request that then gets forwarded mm-hmm. on to the pastoral staff. They get prayed over every week. Um, and then usually we're handwriting like a response on a postcard and sending it back, you know, Hey, I prayed for you. Oh, that's, you know, cool. da, 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 da. that's something we've done that's for cool. a long time. So that, that piece has been mm-hmm. in place, um, mm-hmm. during online services, um, the church online platform makes that really easy because there's a, a button people can click saying, I want prayer. And then any of your mm-hmm. volunteers, prayer team or pastors can accept that. And then that throws them into a one-on-one chat with that person. So there's mm-hmm. that piece of it. Um, that's cool. We also, for social media, put a post out saying like, hey, we're encouraging people to pray for each other. So we we wanted to like mm-hmm. get prayer to happen more often, but didn't necessarily want us to be responsible for 100% of that. So sure. what we did was we said like, post your prayer request and then respond to someone else's so that it's primarily mm-hmm. people praying for each other. So there's more of a community yeah. building thing. Um, 
And then, and it's less of a consumer thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, you're, hey, get, you're, you're, get off the sidelines, right? Like I, you know, yeah, every member yeah. of minister, like that's, that's part of who we are, but it's every, it everybody be, gets to play. Yeah. It can be easy to forget sometimes. And that's something we were trying to kind of push against is that like consumerism mindset in churches, um, yeah. even mm-hmm. in our church, you know, um, there was yeah. for a long time, like we create this stuff and then we give it to you, um, mm-hmm. trying to get everyone involved. Um, we've done a couple things differently since COVID started. Uh, one, we started basically a huge calling campaign. So we ran mm. through our church database. Uh, we use a, a software called CCB. There's a bunch of them out yeah, there, but we use the same thing. Um, yeah. we went through that and ran reports and said, we want to see anyone that's been connected to our church over the last, I don't know if it was four years, something like that. Um, mm-hmm. and it was like, it was like 20,000 people or close to it, which is like, cause there was, yeah. a, we had a lot of people that come for a little while and then decide not to, or, or whatever. We took that list of like 20,000 people and mm-hmm. built a huge, as big as we could, a volunteer team to go through and call every single one of them. So yeah. call them and just say, Hey, how are you? Can I pray for you? Do you need anything? Yeah. Like, is there something we can do? Hey, if you don't need something, would you like to join us in like helping serve our community? Um, mm. cause we've ramped up stuff like our, our, our food pantry and several other areas that yeah. are getting kind of crazy. Um, so that's a, that's a big piece of it. There's a lot of prayer happening during those phone calls of just like, dude, surprisingly, we've been doing the exact same thing. That's like, awesome. And so they did the same thing where they just ran a report. I don't think it went, I think it's more like active users mm-hmm. or, or something like that. People who are doing that, which the first report was like maybe like 1700 or something like that. Yeah. And then they're like, Oh, we realized that we accidentally didn't click a button and the list got to like 3,500. Yeah. It like it exploded real fast, but mm-hmm. we've actually been doing that. Like as, as a staff, yeah. just going old school with it, man. Yeah. Just, just placing a phone call and doing that. And it's funny. Cause like, I, I hate doing stuff like that. Yeah. Personally, when I was a teenager, my dad used to make me like call the call to order pizza. If I really Dude, wanted I do and the I'm same like, thing with my wife. She hates it. <laughs> Oh, and I'm like, is it worth it to call? Mm-hmm. Like, do I, do I want pizza that bad that I have to get on the phone? Yep. But like, it's such a good way to just like actually reach out to people. And it, like, if, if people are doing fine and they don't want to talk, like just leave a message. Just like, Hey, we're thinking about you and just praying for you and whatever. Um, we've been doing the same thing, just like ticking off. We've made a big Google drive. Yeah. And, uh, once you, once you pray for somebody, you just mark it as prayed mm-hmm. and, and, you know, continue on, but let's close somebody else's been doing that yeah yeah that's it's been really cool to hear some of the stories come out of that of like you know i can't believe you called me right now right now is the time that i needed you know kind of stuff Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and then the other other thing we set up recently was like a prayer hotline where someone can call and like leave a voice message and then someone will call Mm. them back pretty quickly so it's kind of that's cool so how'd you guys do that like, did you guys just set up like a Google number I, yeah, or I how'd think, you do that? I think it's through ring central or something like that. Um, it's just a voicemail. Okay. And then there's a, I, I don't know how many people, maybe 10 people or so that you kind of like, sure. Hey, during these hours, it's your responsibility to call these people back. Um, yeah. I don't think it is like a, you call the number and then they pick up and they pay right there. Um, although they yeah, can do that just by just like calling a, the church, but, um, sure. It's mostly just voicemail. Yeah. Our prayer team looked at doing something like that. They were like having like maybe talking about like three or four people being present, like at the church on a, on the Sunday morning. Yeah. And like, if you need prayer, call this number and it would just be the church number. They would pick up and, and do that. Once we were limiting everybody who was in the building, we we're like, okay, that's not an option. But I think for a, a lot of, a, a lot of our prayer team, that would, that might be like a good thing to do or, or 
more like we've, we've been trying to do like, um, an email response for people. Mm-hmm. Like if you need prayer, send it to prayer of in your Boise and it sends to our, um, I think right now it just sends to the leader of our prayer team. And mm-hmm. if they want to send it out to the rest of it, then they do. But I think something where you can actually like hear their voice too yeah. is, is something good where, where you can hear somebody saying something. And sometimes in an email, it's, it's hard to translate what's actually happening or, um, well, use of periods or all caps or, you know? Yeah. And I, I do think this is, I mean, this gets a little weird, but I do think sometimes people want to be anonymous. Like they want to, sure. they want to have that yeah. conversation without, you knowing. like, we see that a lot in our online services. And that's something sure. that I hear echoed. Like a lot of other uh, online pastors, you know, have similar experience. Yeah. I think it was up until now, the online prayer team has been basically me and my wife. Um, yeah. And the first weekend that she joined the online stuff, she had done prayer team in person at the church before that very first prayer request she got like a few minutes into the service was like, Mm-hmm. Hi, I cheated on my husband this week. Now what? We were like, oh, oh dang, you know, it gets, wow. it gets very real very quickly because yeah. you don't have the facial interaction. You know, it's mm-hmm. because you have that kind of veil over people, mm-hmm. people can just get, <laughs> get right to the stuff. Yeah. It seems a little impersonal when you like send an email and get an email back. Like yeah. it's still somebody recognizing that like, Hey, I heard you and I, I'm definitely praying for you and mm-hmm. just that, but it feels a little less, um, just a little less intimate than going to the front and praying or have like yeah. we've, we've encouraged a lot of our staff and people to like pray around the room. Like you don't have to go to the front, just wherever you're at, like let's, let's pray right here. Mm-hmm. Um, but even that in person, it's just a little more intimate than just it sending is, yeah. an email and getting one back. And so that's, yeah, it's been, that's been a challenge. And that's something that we hear kind of, especially before now in the arguments against online church was like, Oh, it'll never be the mm-hmm. same as in person. Yeah, you're right. It, it won't be like, yeah. and that's, yeah. that's okay. Like, sure. but the, for us, at least for me in, in kind of the plan that we laid out for the online campus long-term was we were going to do more like at home groups. So through smart yeah. TV. So we're actually right now in the process of designing and launching Apple TV and Roku TV apps for our uh, services. Kind of the, the hope and goal is that we get people watching the services together in their homes so then you can mm-hmm. still supplement like, yeah, technically it's online, but you've got someone sitting right next to them that can pray with them so that it's more, right. uh, almost like a network of small groups or a network of house churches. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. so that's, that's kind of where we're headed because I think now in COVID we're going to end up in a situation where you're not stuck in your home, but that thousand person or that 500 person limit mm-hmm. is still on. So there's, you know, churches that can't meet, um, our hope mm-hmm. is to kind of fill in that gap of like, Hey, yeah, you can't come to church, but you can go to your friend's house and watch it with them. Right. That's what we kind of had a few people doing that when we first kind of entered into this. Mm-hmm. Cause we, when we, that first weekend, I think maybe like the first and second weekend, something like that is before we had the actual like stay at home order here right. in, in Idaho. And, um, and so we were encouraging people like, uh, our connections overseer. She just invited everybody over, like a bunch of people over to her church and they, or her house rather. And they had, uh, they had waffles. They had, yeah. you know, they, they had just had breakfast together and then watched the service. And then she's like, it was great. We prayed for each other and did that. And like, you still have that interaction. Yeah. And so, um, I think that's, I think part of that's going to be a key component. Like once we're out of like the stay at home order, mm-hmm. um, like we just had a press conference in Idaho a couple of days ago and they were saying that like, they're extending the stay at home order through the end of the month. But after that, they're going to look at what it looks like to, 
reopen non-essential businesses, mm-hmm. um, but still can't do like restaurants or large gatherings or anything like right. that. And so for us, like it probably means we won't have an in-person service for a long time still. Like yeah. we're probably because we are a bigger church. Um, and because we're like, Idaho is a little bit behind the curve. It was such a weird thing to try to navigate yeah. that because people had asked about like, when they're, when they're talking about like scaling stuff down, they're like, well, what about churches? And the governor, he's an older white dude here. And uh, he's like, he was like, well, my, my church is still, still meeting. We're just doing like, we have more hand sanitizer and whatever. I'm like, yeah, but like he also, I'm pretty sure he also goes to a lot smaller of a church, like maybe a couple hundred versus like a church of 800. And for us, there were no clear guidelines of like, Hey, if you're a small church, like I, like I used to go to the Franklin Vineyard, which is like 120, 150 at the most, Mm -hmm. something like that. It's a lot smaller. That looks a lot different than what our service here at Vineyard Boise looks like, because we have so many more people and we even have like a church plant that just started and they're at like 70, 80 people. That's awesome. And the first week that we decided to not do a, do a service. They were like, Hey, we're still going to have service. We're still going to, we're still going to continue mm-hmm. on. And so for us, it was such a weird thing that we were like, we don't have any like clear cut guidelines on how to operate like this. Right. And so that's, that's part of what we were encouraging people to do is like, Hey, we might not be able to gather with everybody in the building, but you can still gather with like five or 10 people or however many you want to do in your, in your home. I think that's, that might be what it starts to look like once we start kind of like transitioning out of, you know, the quarantine era how do we pastor that well how do we navigate that well and how do we how do we pay attention to what's in the room too when we have people in the room Mm -hmm. and then also people who are online it's Um, super hard to do like yeah even like some of our pastors right now like transitioning to just being in a room with no one and preaching to a camera that's a different feeling that's a different set of skills like Especially um, depending on the size of your church too. Like, I mean, we have this auditorium rooms. that, yeah, it seats like 1500 people mm-hmm. and Trevor's just talking to this camera that's two feet away from him yep. and the whole room is empty and we're all the way in the back. So he can't hear right. us or anything. And yeah, I mean, kudos to all those pastors that are doing that. That's a tough it's transition. not an easy thing. Yeah. And then you also open up the doors of like, since we're recording this, like, oh, you can edit that out, right? No, like that's a whole right. other thing that starts to happen. We've, we've been staying live. We, we still okay, come together cool. on Sunday morning. Yeah. So we still do it on Sunday mornings, um, which actually, so like Sunday mornings have slowly and slowly gotten easier for me. Yeah. Um, doing it live. And we've, we've been conscious that we've been live streaming for a long time. Like every now and then, um, Trevor has a, has an activity that he wants the room to do. And he's like, and you can do this at home if you're watching on the live stream mm-hmm. or, or whatever. So we've had a sense of that. So it's not a brand new concept, but I feel like a little bit of normalcy is brought back by actually doing it live yeah. and like actually going through the service. Like we have live transitions and we do it all like, like we're doing a service mm-hmm. and it's, but it, it feels like we actually, I don't know, like we're less of recording it. And I feel like it gives me a little bit, of an easier load because then if somebody does something, you're kind of conscious, like this is, this is when we're doing it. We're doing it live. Not like, Oh, if I'm going to try this and if it doesn't work, we'll fix it later. Which just for those who are editing and doing all the work on the back end, that's just a whole, whole lot more. Yeah. Um, and so I feel like it gives us a little sense of like, all right, we're just going to do it like normal. We're just, instead of talking to our congregation, we're talking to the camera and doing that. And I don't know. It's, I've been interested watching everybody 
figure out their systems mm-hmm. and how they're doing. Like now that now that we're kind of like a month into doing this instead of like scrambling just to get it done. Right. Um, and interested to see who's still doing live services and who's pre-recording. Cause I, and I totally recognize that pre-recording services, depending, especially depending on your gear. Yes. Like maybe you don't have the gear to, um, to live stream. You don't have, you know, video mixing software. You can't mm-hmm. overlay the lyrics, but you can shoot like with a, a camera or two, the worship team record it and then go and edit it in like premiere or something like that. And so for some people that's, that's might be how they need to do it just to do it, you know, at a decent quality. Yep. And so I feel like I'm going to be on the, the, the tail end of like everybody is doing pre-recorded service and here I'm, I'm still going on Sunday mornings and doing that. <laughs> We're going live. Still staying strong. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, like just keep it live. Keep the integrity of it. Yeah. Right. It's, it's, which at first I had, I had a weird thing because I was thinking like, well, would this make it easier if I pre-recorded it? But like, I think for our worship team and our media team, like they're already setting aside the time on Sunday mornings versus another night that right. they would have done it. And so is it really easier to do it on a, on a Friday night versus a Sunday morning or anything like that? Like, right. does that really save us any, and, and at least in the way that we do it, like, does that save us any effort? Do you guys post it afterwards? Like, could I go and watch your old services on your website or Facebook or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. So normally the way we've been doing it in the past is we stream everything. We stream our worship and our, our service and everything. Um, and then we'll cut off the worship and just go straight to where Trevor has the message. Right. So we'll cut off any weekly announcements, the offering part, just the message portion that people can watch. So if they're looking for the sermon that, that he preached on, you know, acts four or whatever, you know, whatever, whatever it was that they're, that they're looking for. Plus the, the, like I said, the audio quality of the, the worship wasn't it's fine normally yeah it's just not great it's so it's hard not really to do repre- that live, man. It, it really is it's just and for us it's just really not representative of what happened in the room yeah like it doesn't sound like what it sounded like <laughs> yeah. in the room you can show the bass <laughs> note in, in the room most people don't know but when you record it and stream yeah. it everyone notices but yeah so like we normally cut that off and um and then we'll just trim it to the message and so we've been doing we start our, our stream fairly early now just to allow time time for people to find it, um, to get on it. Um, so we start probably, I think like 20 minutes ahead of time, either 15 or 20 minutes, something like that. Um, especially just like if we have any issues going live, Mm -hmm. um, if for some reason it doesn't connect because we actually stream through Vimeo and then Vimeo pushes, Vimeo pushes to our, our website, our app just from the embed. And then it, it, pushes natively to uh, Facebook and YouTube as well. Okay. And so, and we just got YouTube to work. And so like the first week that we were doing it, I was testing it out for my home. And I noticed that like, for some reason, if I pushed all three buttons and then went live, it went on live on face on Facebook and YouTube, but didn't go live on our website and our app for some reason. Okay. And, and which was really weird. So I was just like giving us time to buffer all that. And so, mm-hmm. Yeah. So long way of saying that we, we started early. Um, so we have like, it looks like our service is like an hour and 50 minutes or something sure, like that. Yeah. Because it looks super long. And then especially cause we've had some slides on like how to stay connected in this time. Mm-hmm. Like, um, something like it's got slides on like youth group is meeting online, celebrate recoveries online. So we just push that up. Um, so we normally, we take it off Facebook and, um, 
and, and trim it down and post it on our website um, just so people don't find the worship and they're like, man, this worship team is terrible. <laughs> this, is, this is so bad. Um, but now that we've been able to mix like well for, for a live stream, um, we've just been keeping it up on our Facebook. Um, and then when I trim it out for our, to put it up on our, on our Vimeo page and our YouTube and our website and stuff like that, I just trim it to where we're actually like take out the countdown and everything. Sure. Um, and so now we've actually been posting the whole service, which is kind of cool because then you can kind of go back and watch the the worship and stuff and, um, kind of engage in the whole service rather than just like the sermon part. Right. Um, depending on, you know, how people are engaging with church now, but maybe they wanted to catch it later. Like maybe they slipped in on Sunday and they want to join in, you know, on a Monday afternoon, I won't say Sunday afternoon cause I don't get it done that fast. But, <laughs> it's a lot um, of work. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, for, uh, for our stuff, we don't, we don't do a whole lot. Like we just take, um, we don't do a whole lot of post-production with it. Mm-hmm. Um, we just kind of take whatever we did live. Um, you know, we're, we're switching live. We got six cameras or so and doing all that. Um, so we got all the overlays, all the titles, everything like that's all just all done live. Nice. And so we just take the video file um, and then the, the stereo audio file that came with it, um, just download it from Vimeo again, because Vimeo will store it for us. And so um, that way I can do it from home easily. I don't have to go on our actual physical machine. The only downside is that it, it already compresses the file a little bit. So the quality is like the video quality is not quite as good. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, the trade off of being able to get it, um, get it from my home and download it from Vimeo with a like 1.6 gig file versus transferring a 35 gig file from the machine physically there and putting it on a drive and doing that. I was like, it's just not, it's a lot of it's data. It's just not worth it. Yeah. 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 So we, we've been keeping our, our stuff like fully online, all the, the full service, mm-hmm. um, at least for the season where we've been doing exclusively online. Um, but yeah, we, we try to make those available, like just on our messages page. And I've even simplified our website to like, like even our, our navigation You're so has much like more of a college person down. than you say. <laughs> I, I, I hate you it. You keep saying I'm not, but that's what college people I, do though. <laughs> this, this is what I've become, man. I just used to mm-hmm. be this musician just making music in his bedroom. And yep. then all of a sudden I'm doing all oh, this. Oh, you know computers? Come here. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I mean, thank God we for Squarespace and stuff like yeah. that. Like the stuff like that I have fully leaned into, like, I recognize Squarespace has his limits, but there's, it does so much more than I could do on my own. Like I, yeah. and I'm not going to take the time to learn code. I don't, I don't care about that. I want it easy to use. I want to be able to like make adjustments quickly. I want to change stuff at, you know, be able to do that fast and not have to go through a million steps to change. If I make a spelling error on it, then, you know, right. I don't want to change, have to go back and sift through a bunch of code or anything like that. And so, yeah, for us, we've been trying to just like keep it simple. So like we even looked the first like week or two, we looked at um, where like even just the fact of giving online, Mm -hmm. like how are people doing that and how are people facilitating that? And um, did you guys not do online giving before now? No, we did. Um, It wasn't, we, we definitely still had the option for it and we had probably like 40% 40% of our giving, 30, 40% of our giving okay. on that. We were like 50, um, 50 before now. Yeah. We were, I feel like we're, tr- we were trending up mm-hmm. towards that. Um, but we weren't still quite there. We still, we have an older congregation. Yeah. So we, we still have a lot of people who want to write physical checks and drop it mm-hmm. off and, and do that. And so, um, 
looking at how to really like, like foster that and, and address that online and not just gloss over it, um, in your online service and not just saying like, Oh yeah, you can give online. All right. Continuing on. And, but actually addressing that and figuring that out, we were on a call with Vineyard USA with a bunch of other churches, mm-hmm. like the same size as ours. And, um, the guy who was, they brought in this guy to kind of facilitate it. And he was, um, I can't remember his title, but he worked for Lifeway churches and they, um, he helped a lot with their online giving platform and and everything. And so he was given an example of, a lot of their, um, websites that people use that how to make it super easy. So like, if you just go to this one website, the first thing you see is it says churches online only this Sunday, um, like watch live and give and like the two buttons right there. Yep. And I was like, dude, that's brilliant. Yeah. Those are like the, the, the two most important things that we, that we have to facilitate right mm-hmm. now. Like there's a, you know, we have to, we have to recognize all of our other stuff, our food pantry, our youth group. So especially for us, we have a huge celebrate recovery, uh, ministry. Mm-hmm. And so like being able to connect with them, but like the two main things that people are wanting is, or people need really is where to watch the service online and where to, uh, where to give online. Yeah. But like, I took that to heart and changed it right away. I yeah. was like, that's a great way of wording it. And just made like a little video banner it says churches online only the Sunday, put the two buttons right there. And then we have a page where people can, um, check in on like our arts ministry. How do you connect with the arts ministry? How do you connect with the youth group? Like what are, what's still open? What's still closed kind right. of thing. The, the resources that people are really after making those super accessible and everything else kind of like like we have a bunch of like new here vineyard one hundred and one. like mm-hmm. those classes aren't really happening right now. You can still find them on, on our website, but how do we make the most important things super available? Yeah, we, that was one of the very first things that I did. I turned off 80% of the pages on our website. It's all still there. Oh, wow. I just yeah. turned them off because most of it you don't yeah. need right now. So we, we kind of focused in the home page was, and we kind of circled around this language at the beginning our building is closed, but our church is not and are trying mm-hmm. to kind of conti- yeah. continue that, especially the beginning. I think that was important. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, we read everything that's on the website right now, like wasn't there four weeks mm-hmm. ago and it was yeah. turned off a bunch of stuff. It is how to get to online services. What does life look like online church right now? Uh, mm-hmm. Give help, get help. I think there's still some stuff on there for family life and giving. And family life yeah. was mostly, that's the like kids and youth and stuff. And it was just, Hey, mm-hmm. here's how to get to the online services for kids and youth and stripped away most of the stuff that was on there before, because you just don't need it right now. And I like, yeah, yeah. I hope, I hope other churches do that. And I hope that it's a good lesson for later because like, yeah. or even just being able to like, make sure that your website is current. Yeah. 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 Like, <laughs> I mean, just, yep. you know, here's your chance. If you haven't been updating it, like here's your chance to update it yep. because I, we had a thing one time where we used to have a young adults ministry that met on a Thursday night and I had taken the page off of like our ministries pages, mm-hmm. but I hadn't like deactivated. The so page. it's still searchable. Yeah. <laughs> and so somebody we were practicing, we used to have our, our worship practice on Thursday night and we're just practicing. And we had like two 20 something year old girls kind of wander in the sanctuary. Cause we're like the only people there. Nobody else is there. Right. So they just wander in the sanctuary and we're like, Hey, what's going on? How can we help you guys? And they're like, yeah, we're here for the, the service. And I was like, 
oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Like there's, there's, there's no, like we don't have that. We went to, we actually changed our model to small groups and like, I can give you, you know, the emails of the people who are leading them yeah. and they drove from like 45 minutes away oh. for the service. And I, I felt so bad and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry guys. Like you made this huge effort to come to a service and we don't, we don't have anything to offer you. I'm so sorry. Yeah. And so we just ended up like just getting their information and, and making sure that somebody connected with them and, and everything. But that's where I was like, okay, if something is not applicable anymore, I need to deactivate yeah. it. I just need to so that's a, take that off. For any of the web people out there that are doing this in, we use Squarespace as well. But if, yeah. if you go into the settings for a particular page, one of the options is to deactivate it. It does not delete the data. Yeah. It stays in your account. You can easily turn it back on later. Um, yeah. But if you do, just graze it out in the pages. Correct. Thing. Yeah. So you can't, you can't yeah. get to it anymore. Even if you search for it or even type in the exact URL. Um, mm -hmm. We've, we've learned that lesson before too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was, yeah, I've been looking at stuff and I was like, oh man, how do I make sure that this isn't like, you can't find this anymore. Yeah. Like how, yeah. Cause, cause I don't want, and I've had to even like comb through even we kind of already went through that a little bit, changing our service times because forever our service times have been nine and 11 mm -hmm. just for the longest time. And when we decided to go to 10, um, like there were spots that I, I was missing that people were still finding, yeah. um, like on our, on our Facebook page, on our app, on different like ministry pages mm -hmm. that say like, yeah, if you know, if your kids want to join us, join us at our nine o'clock and 11 o'clock service and whatever. I'm like, Oh crap. And so I told our staff like, Hey, I have looked through all this stuff, but if I'm missing something, just send me the page so I can fix it yep. because like we need to make sure that because people will find stuff. We've, we still have people show up at nine or 11 o'clock and we've been doing a 10 o'clock service since the beginning of the year, I think. Yep. And so like just finding those spots where like, if you know, like this isn't going to be, we're not going to be doing this for a while. Like let's make sure that we just deactivate this or at least point them to somewhere else or some, or something or like we, we've kind of just created one big page where we just say like, Hey, go to vineyardboise.org slash COVID-19. And there it says like, whether our offices are closed, how to watch, how to give. Mm -hmm. And then like has a list of our ministries, like, Hey, youth groups are not meeting in person, but they're meeting online. Here's our pastor's email. And so that way we kind of have a one-stop shop of like the latest info on, on where to, on what people are doing. Yep. So I think for me, that's the harder part is like, I don't by nature think like, oh, here's what to do. Here's what to do. For me, I'm like, what do, how do we do this? What's the best way to do this? Yeah. And, and for me, that's kind of why I wanted to like talk to you, like you and Ryan and um, Matt and James and like figure out like, how are you guys doing stuff? What's been working for your church? We're like, what's, what's working? What's not working mm -hmm. for me? I'm like, there's, there's no roadmap. I'm by no means an expert at this. I'm just figuring it out. Just right alongside everybody else. Yeah. I think the most important thing when you're going through something like this is just to try and simplify stuff as much as you can, like what you talked about. Like, mm -hmm. so for us, that was turning off a bunch of stuff on the, on the webpage. Um, mm -hmm. Very early on, I talked to the staff and said, you know, our homepage is where you direct everyone for anything. How do I get to a service? Mm -hmm. Go there. How do I do this? Go there. And we did mm -hmm. that because 
Um, we knew stuff was going to change. Potentially service times might change. Potentially the platforms we're using might change. But if our homepage is where we're directing everyone, then it's in our control to really quickly change where that link goes. So for, um, I think it was, I don't know if it was the weekend of the 15th or the weekend of the 22nd after that, um, on Saturday night, the church online platform went down about 10 minutes before our Saturday night service started. But because we were directing people to the website, I was able to go to our backup and do a YouTube premiere, change where the links went. And most of the people attending the service yeah. had no idea something was wrong. Um, mm -hmm. So trying to make it as simple as possible, have one spot mm -hmm. where people can go to to find the information they need. For us, we chose our website. Some churches do that mm -hmm. through apps. Um, mm -hmm. An exercise that's helped us out in this, you know, for any people that are either in a common department, you might have already done this, or for people like in your situation that are kind of like riding the fence of not really, but actually a calm person. Ha having um, to be. <laughs> writing down what are all the different communication channels that you have in your church. So mm -hmm. uh, the app is mm -hmm. part of that. Website's part of that. Facebook pages. Mm -hmm. Delineate between the differences between a Facebook page versus a Facebook group. You know, Instagram, right, Which YouTube. we have both too. Right, yeah. yeah and we do too. Um write down all of those and have a serious discussion about what are those for? Like, so for mm -hmm. us where we landed website is primarily external communication. That is mm -hmm. who are you? What do you care about? And how do I get to you is the primary goal mm -hmm. that the website needs to accomplish. If we can do mm -hmm. some other stuff about, Hey, here's some classes and stuff, you know, for our, like, for our people that already go to our church. Cool. That's bonus points. And you can do more than that, but understand once you set those priorities, like, Hey, that's what the website is for. Then that helps you make decisions of, should we put this on the website? Should we put that on the website? Yes or no? Sure. So for yeah. us, website was external. Instagram and a Facebook page are primarily external communication tools. So stories mm -hmm. about who we are, what we're about is the, the content that we post there, basic information about here's how to get to our services, things like that. Um, and then mm -hmm. some kind of fun behind the scenes. Here's some stuff that's going on. Um, yeah. Yeah. Facebook groups, which we have, I don't know, a bunch of. Um, sure. Those are primarily for people to connect to each other. So that's, mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. can publish stuff in there, but if you're only doing one way communication in your Facebook groups, you're doing it wrong. That really should right. be for people to contact right. um, each other. So the, the type mm -hmm. of content we're putting there is stirring up conversation, getting people to talk to each other, getting people to pray for mm -hmm. each other. Um, that's really the primary purpose of those. Um, and then yeah. Instagram is kind of like the Facebook page as well. Um, yeah. We've been lacking that, dedicated internal tool, which mm -hmm. is, uh, what we want our app to be when we redo it. Sure. So, um, mm -hmm. you know, Hey, if you've been going to church here for a while, definitely download the app. You're going to need it. But for the person mm -hmm. that has never been to our church, they're not, they're not going to download your app before they show up. Like that's just, they're not going to go through yeah. that, that hassle. Um, yeah, it's been a long time since we updated ours. So it, people pretty much only use it to watch the sermon and give, which is fine. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with that, yeah. but we just haven't touched it in so long. And we actually kind of got not frustrated, but we knew it wasn't great. So we just stopped talking about it. We're like, we're not going to sure, point people sure. there because we're a little embarrassed yeah. by what it looks like. Um, <laughs> it's, it's there, but we're not going to tell you. Yeah. We there. would prefer that you yeah. didn't mess with it. Um, yeah. But so long-term, our goal is to move that to be the internal tool. So that's, that's how yeah, you're finding small that's groups. That's how you're signing up for classes. Mm -hmm. Giving should be incredibly mm -hmm. easy on the app. Watching content mm -hmm. is something you can do on there, but probably not the primary purpose of that because there are so many, sure. there's so many ways to do that. Um, yeah. But that's, that's what I've been spending my time on for the last yeah. week and 
some changes developing a new yeah. app. Yeah. I think the way you like you highlighted the differences between the communications and what you use those platforms yeah. for, because it's, it's not like I've been writing the line of like, how do we communicate different stuff or where do we communicate different mm-hmm. stuff? Um, Cause we, we have a pretty decent Facebook following and that's where a lot of people really connect with mm-hmm. us. Um, and we just have one big uh, Facebook group, like for our church, it's a private group. Um, so people have to request it, but it's just one big group for our mm-hmm. church. But even, even to the staff in this like era now, I've had to make sure that we know the difference between the two. Right. Explaining to people, the Facebook page is communication from the church to everybody else. Right. The Facebook group is for the congregation to communicate back and forth. Yeah. It's like we, we post announcements and different stuff that we're, that we're doing, but it's mostly for people sharing back and forth and people to interact with. And so even just teaching number one, teaching our congregation, the difference between that and then teaching our, even our staff, just teaching like the different uses for this. Like, Hey, these are the differences between this. If you're just like looking for, if you're looking for somebody to help out an event, that's a group thing, not a page thing. Like paid page thing is more mass communication. Something that we might say from like from the stage on a Sunday morning or something like that, or, and trying to make sure that we convey it like the right way or, um, in a format that's going to be easiest for people to digest a little bit. Yeah. It's a tough thing to do, especially now with there's the staff members or team members that aren't great at technology <laughs> are, are in sure. a rough spot at the moment. Reach out to them, yeah. pray for them. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Dude, we've been doing tra- every, every zoom call. I get, I get a couple questions like, Hey, so how do I do this? Or uh-huh. how, what's the best way to do this? And um, I actually did like a training thing for zoom, just like when we first went into mm-hmm. it. I did a zoom training just like, Hey, if you guys are unfamiliar with this, like, let's just walk through the basics of what, what this does. And if you're getting frustrated with how the quality is on here or how to invite somebody, cause we had to, we didn't have a zoom account before. So we kind of created one and created like a a scheduling link and the process of that. So I kind of walked everybody through that. Um, And I've made more like instructional videos in the last three weeks than I have (laughs) in like the three or four years I've been working here. I've seen myself more on a video screen than I have ever wanted to. Mm-hmm. And it's, I'm like, Oh gosh, man, this is, but that's, it's just creating resources for people to really like utilize the, that stuff and not feel stuck because they weren't super familiar yep. with technology or before, because they could just, they wanted something on Facebook. They just walked by my office or Jesse's office or whatever, you know, like that's, that's not reality anymore. We got to f- be able to figure it out a little bit for ourselves too. Yep. Yeah, that's what it's been tough. Um, encouraging strongly people to solve their own problems. <laughs> like this, yeah, like, yeah. I love helping people. I really, really do. But like, uh, like I, well, you're slammed. Yeah, you're so busy, man. One of the yeah. one of the pastors. Um, so, but with the church online platform, we did four different training sessions for our staff and volunteers. I did four Zoom calls. Mm-hmm. You could hop on any of them. I'll walk you through exactly how to get signed in. I'll set up your permissions, tell you how to accept prayer and all, all that kind of stuff. And one of our pastors was like, hey, uh, could you get my prayer team on here? I was like, hey, man, that's actually why I trained you so that you could do that. It's like, yeah. it's like well, it's new technology and I only, you know, I've only seen it once, so that's not going to work. And I was like, dude, I did four training sessions. What do you want from me? Bro? Like, <laughs> I can't do everything right like, now. <laughs> like, yeah. I do. I've had so many people that are just like, Hey, I'm, I'm trying to do this. I, I've tried to do the same thing, create some resources where people mm-hmm. can hop in or I can send them a video of me walking through this and, and whatever. And, um, I've had people like, Hey, I'm doing this. I'm teaching this class over, over zoom. Can you give me some pointers? Mm-hmm. I'm like, 
and I can't be, I can't be tech support. Like, yeah. Well, dude. Like, and what happens when you've never done it? Like <laughs> right. that's just like, we yeah. started doing a ton of Facebook live content. So uh, every night at yeah. seven o'clock on our Facebook page, one of our worship leaders is going live and doing like a living room worship. Cool. Um, and then mm-hmm. we're doing eight o'clock devotional content every day. One of our pastors is on there, you know, doing a devotion, Dang. which has been incredible for our Facebook statistics, but we'll, we'll get back to that in a minute. But, um, like I had not done a lot of Facebook live before. Cause it's just not something that we had needed to know. Like I'm not sure I'm not out there going live to my homies, you know, like that's not something yeah. I do regularly. <laughs> so everyone was like, yeah. Hey John, how do we do this? How do we do that? And I was like, I don't know. Like I'm going to have to figure it out too. So yeah, you figure it out. Let me know. <laughs> like it's, yeah. we're all it's the same thing with zoom. Yeah. Like same thing with zoom. Like I had been on the, I'd been a part of zoom calls for the longest time, mm-hmm. but like, I had never really had to set permissions, do breakout rooms, mm-hmm. like do waiting rooms, anything like that. And so, um, like our celebrate recovery ministry, they were trying to figure out a way to, to bring everybody into one call. Cause we only pay for one host right now. Mm-hmm. And so bring everybody into one call, but then break it out into like topic specific groups okay, or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so they're like, well, how do you do this? I'm like, you know what? I actually, I, I don't I know. know. And that's why out. I called Melissa. Yeah she just talked about how they were doing it for their church service. And so I'm like, Hey, come school us all. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know this, but I know somebody who does. So let me, let me get her to, to help out. Cause I'm learning right alongside so many other people. And I think that's like the thing is people expect from people like you and me, like, Oh, we know all about all of these things. Yeah. I'm like, nah, I just know how to Google it. Yeah. Faster. Sometimes I have to learn <laughs> it too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I haven't done this before either, but like, but I can probably figure it yeah. out or, you know, yeah. people have had trouble posting something and I'm like, uh, I don't know. Let's figure it out. We created a, a Facebook group for our pastors, staff, and a few volunteers, um, mm-hmm. to practice going live. So it's like, Hey, if oh, you want to cool. try and do a live stream and figure it out. Cause like we had one of our worship leaders had like the robot mask on for most of the session. Cause she like swiped a filter on, which is super yeah. endearing. And she's awesome. And like, I, like it's, it was super cute, but, um, but trying to have something like some serious moment yeah. and like deep, deep spiritual discussion yes. with a robot mask. And, uh, <laughs> surrender to Optimus Prime. Yeah, you know, exactly. like it's exactly. <laughs> so we, we created a, a separate private Facebook group where you can kind of just practice and, and spend some time going live. Cause that's, that's new. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, we yeah. ordered, one of the very first things we did when this was going down, we ordered a bunch of phone tripods. We were like, all right, <laughs> you get a tripod, yep. you get a tripod, yep. you get a tripod. Yep. Yep. Um, I would encourage churches like spend time on Facebook, do, do some, mm-hmm. do some live stuff. That's for us. That's where our audience has been for a little while, for a few weeks, we had more engagement on Facebook than any vineyard church in the country. And like yeah. Columbus is way bigger than us. North mm-hmm. Phoenix is way bigger than us. Like mm-hmm. there's a mm-hmm. church here in Kansas city called a uh, Methodist church called church of the resurrection that has like mm-hmm. 20, 30,000 people, just a huge congregation. And we had yeah. more engagement than they did, which is not, it, it's not a competition. So don't read it like that, but it is statistics are good just to help you understand, Hey, how are you doing? Like, are you, are you doing stuff well yeah. or not? But, um, mm-hmm. or how are, are people actually engaging and yeah. So, like, right. But anyway, yeah. So, so don't think of that so much as a competition, but uh, is a good way to measure mm-hmm. yourself against yourself over time or just to see mm-hmm. like, um, and I, and I would highly encourage anyone doing social media stuff. Engagement's the thing that you should really care about. Uh, not the number yeah. of likes on your, on your page, number of followers, mm-hmm. engagement really is the thing that you should be tracking from week to week to decide, you know, Hey, is our people yeah. actually connecting with, with what we're doing? Yeah. I've never really kept track of analytics before because mm-hmm. I don't, 
pretend to understand it either. Um, but it's been interesting looking at, like I've been keeping track of our, um, like all of our live streaming stats and everything mm-hmm. um, to see like, Hey, are we actually like reaching a whole lot more people? How big of a jump did we make when we went to exclusively live? Yeah. And it's actually like pretty significant it is. to see yeah. like the, the change. And even like, even this last week, like we we've been live streaming on YouTube for two weeks. Like this coming Sunday is going to be our third week. And um, even when we started the live stream, the, our, my, my buddy Calvin, who runs our, um, video switcher he's looking at it he's like yeah usually right now by now we have like 100 people on facebook you know as like the peak viewers or whatever mm-hmm. um and it was like 60 or 70 but we had more people on youtube watching yeah. it and so i've been like keeping track of all our all our analytics and like combining them all and you can see that like sure maybe a little less people watched it on facebook but more people watched it on youtube and our overall streams went up that week yeah and so it's interesting to keep track of that. And even just like our website traffic. Yeah. So skyrocketed. So Squarespace like, sends you the little notification like, hey, something weird's going on. Like when your traffic goes yeah, up high. And that's been like yeah. every weekend. <laughs> this isn't normal. Yeah. This isn't you can, normal. <laughs> you can see the huge spikes on Sunday uh-huh. where it's just like, like normal, normal. Yeah. You know, and then especially on our live page, which I'm so grateful for some of the stuff that was put in place before mm-hmm. me. Um, so we have, I can't remember what it's called, but it's some... Google service where it's like a huge SEO optimization where, um, they pay for ads and get optimization from like grants for nonprofits and stuff. So we pay for it. It's, it's, and it's actually not that cheap for us. It's, it's a pretty hefty part of my budget, Mm -hmm. but for stuff like that, it's like, especially now it's totally worth it because when you Google church live stream Boise or something like that, we're like the first or second thing that, that pops up. And it's really like Squarespace is already good at SEO stuff. And this has just helped us a ton. So a few things for anyone that's never heard of that. So there's Google has a nonprofit grant program that you can just go and sign up on your own for it is possible if you've done yeah. grand writing grand writing and understand their programs you can just do it yourself for free if you want to um mm-hmm. there are several companies that can help you do it um i don't know if this is who you guys went through we had some conversations with a company called missional marketing and their website's mm-hmm. just missionalmarketing.com they will help you sign up for that and then if you want to continue paying them we'll actually continue to maintain it um because the thing mm-hmm. with that program is Google gives you an incredible amount of free advertising. I think it's like $10,000 a month or something like that. It's, it's yeah. a lot. Um, yeah. But once you have it, you have to use it, right? There are certain standards that you have to keep in order to um, continue right. uh, being yeah. able to get that grant over and over again. Um, but definitely, if you guys have not looked into that, check out Google, uh, Google for nonprofit, I think is what it's called. Um, or, uh, Jason's the guy I talked to over at missional marketing. They did a good job of walking us through that. That's something we haven't Mm -hmm. done yet, but it's been, we want to, (laughs) I want to very badly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, It's super helpful because it's, um, oh, native rank. That's what it's called for us. That's, that's what we do. Um, and it's honestly, it's like $6,000 a year, which for me, like eats up a huge part of my budget. Mm -hmm. But for stuff like this, it's super worth it because it's something I don't even have to think about. Mm-hmm. And it's such a huge resource that if somebody is just looking for a church in Boise, looking for a live stream or whatever, and they just Google that, like we've actually had a lot of people that we ask them either in our like Vineyard 101 class, or if they're just new to something, we're like, Hey, how'd you find us? And they're like, Oh, we found like, I just Googled church or whatever, or I found, found your website or whatever. Yep. And we're like, cool, it's working. Like it's, it's, you know, it's cause we're not. 
on a major like street. We're kind of tucked away, mm-hmm. um, a, like a block back from one of the major streets. So it's not like you just drive past us and you're like, Oh, Hey, there's that church. Like, and so just creating a way that people can just find you easily is such a huge thing. Yeah. We were getting, like, I was kind of pushing in that direction, but we spent, uh, our interim lead pastor, Norm Rasmussen is his name. He, uh, <clears throat> he comes from like data analytics kind of software kind of background. Um, so mm-hmm. he started mm-hmm. digging into the statistics in our, our church database and CCB to try and understand sure. kind of where we, where we were at. So, um, in, in church speak, you've got the front door, which is like how many people, mm-hmm. new people are coming to your church for the first time. And then you've got the back door of like how many people that have been here for a while are leaving. Um, and mm-hmm. we, for a long time, just assumed that our issue was not enough new people were coming to our church. Um, so mm-hmm. there was a lot of pressure on, hey, make the website better, make social media better. All of those things are great. But when we actually mm-hmm. dug into the data, um, what we found was that we were getting a lot of new people coming to our church. They just weren't staying. So for Mm -hmm. us, it made more sense to really invest in how do we follow up with new visitors? What are the programs we put in place to get people plugged in? Because I think we were having like 5,000 new people every year interact with our church some way, but our church Mm -hmm. wasn't growing. So like we didn't really have a front door problem. We just had an issue um, getting people to stick around and come back a second time and yeah. a third time and a fourth time and actually get plugged in. Yeah. It's like customer retention. It is, like, how yeah. do we, like we, like we got the attraction down, but how do we keep them? Like, how do we keep them coming and keep them staying yep. and getting involved in stuff like that? And so, yeah, I think that's, and that's part of like, I think part of what I look like, look at now is we can get people to watch our service, but how do we get people to actually be involved in yep. what's, what we're and what we're trying to continue doing it's it's because it's not necessarily like in what we're doing at the church and doing here mm-hmm. and you know because that's not happening like we have like sunday mornings which is like 10 people that's happening and then we have our food pantry and those are the only two things that are happening on our campus yep. and so how do we get people to be a part of what we're trying to do out in our neighborhoods and what we're doing out in our in our own homes or whatever and so um that's that's kind of what I I've had to, the lens that I've had to shift over Mm -hmm. and look at. So there's a few ways you can, you can start to tackle that problem um, from like a communication standpoint. So you can do a lot of stuff through email marketing. So like, Hey, Mm -hmm. click here, sign up, tell us your new, Mm -hmm. give us your email. And then you can send, they're Mm -hmm. called drip campaigns. Uh, So uh, companies like MailChimp, constant contacts, Mm -hmm. you know, a Weber, a bunch of those things are tools that would let you do that. But essentially you can, what I would encourage people to really focus on during that beginning part of it is instead of here are all of the amazing things that are happening in our church. Like that's the, that's the kind of the default of like, I want to tell you everything about everything Um, Mm -hmm. for those first six weeks or so you are all that you're trying to do is a communication person or a marketing person at your church. You're trying to build a habit. You are potentially trying to overcome a lifelong habit of not going to church there are a lot of reasons not to. There's a lot of stuff that happens. If you've got a family, you've got football, you've got, you know, all that other stuff that's happening, you're trying to overcome. Sure. For those first six weeks or so, focus on just building that habit of coming to church. So mm-hmm. whether that's through email, you can do stuff through text messages. There's text in church is a really good platform to use for that. They can set up, you know, this kind of stuff as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but really just focus in on that. Like, Hey, reminders that services are happening reminders, you know, we would love to to pray for you. You know, we want to connect with you. Like um, it's really easy to fall into the trap of 
here's the 30 different ministries we have and the seven reasons you should be part of all of them. Especially in this new era where like now looks different. It it doesn't look like 800 people in the room. You know, it looks like you and your family watching it on YouTube or whatever. Mm -hmm. And you know, yeah, it's such a, it all has to shift. Such a paradigm shift. (laughs) Yeah. It's such a shift. It's so weird. Your, your insight is, is pretty awesome, especially as like a social media guru and marketing guy that you are. I don't know that I it's good personally to accept those titles, but sure. <laughs> it is what I spend my days well, thinking about. Well, well, way more than me. This is what I've had to spend my days thinking yeah. about and like learning things like what is a drip campaign? How do I do this? Yeah. How do I You gotta just set those priorities, man. Like as as a church, mm-hmm. what are you guys trying to accomplish right now? And then right. then look at that uh, from a communication standpoint. How can we help accomplish those goals? Because, you know, for us, we've had a communication department for a while. But that, that sure. really easily turns into it's a bunch of other people's jobs to create the things. And then it's the communications mm-hmm. department's job to tell everyone about those things. If you right. follow that logic for too long, then essentially what you start communicating is all of the things to all of the people all of the time. Mm-hmm. And your church mm-hmm. doesn't have to be very big before that gets really overwhelming. So if you can yeah. shift that strategy to how do I get the right information to the right person at the right time? And sure. then just be That's good. brutal about how you spend your time and, and just mm-hmm. say like, Hey, we spent a bunch of time this year creating tools for our other departments and pastors to use um, so that we mm-hmm. could focus on the one or two really big things and say, Hey, we are, we're yeah. going to focus on getting people that come to our church to stay. We're going to focus mm-hmm. on how do you even get to the online services? You know, we're going to pick one or two mm-hmm. things and put our time and effort into that. Everyone else here, are these tools and resources, you can use them. But it's just not like Susie's book reading class on Thursday morning at nine o'clock just isn't as important sure. as some of these things. And you can't treat it the mm-hmm. same. And those are hard conversations to have because yeah. some of the things you're yeah. saying, these things aren't important. They really are to some people. But because to Susie, it is the it's most, the important, most thing. important thing in Susie's yeah. life right now. And people, which is the way it should it be. Is. And like they should be passionate about yes, it. And people could be coming to Christ because of Susie's book club. Mm-hmm. And thank you, Susie, for all of the hard work you put into that. It's amazing. Right. Yeah. But you, you know, as a communication marketing person, you, you really, really mm-hmm. have to be able to set those priorities and mm-hmm. you can be ruthless in the way that you set them. As long as you're compassionate about the way that you tell other people that <laughs> like mm-hmm. you've got to kind of walk that yeah, line a little good. bit. Uh, yeah. But got to do that's it. It's really man. good. Yeah. It's, it's a hard thing to do. And, and like the way I describe it to people is like, I feel like I kind of don't have my own ministry. I'm just a small part of everybody else's yeah. ministries. And so we're constantly like having the balance of like, what are we sharing here? And what are we doing mm-hmm. here? And well, we said no to this person, which means we have to say no to this person yeah. and whatever. And so, yeah, setting those, those boundaries and kind of having that, like that sense of balance and priority of what you are the youth pastor, everything should be centered around youth. Like that's, that's the right mindset for the youth pastor, right. but as a, as communicating everything for the entire church, how do we balance that out with, with this, the info that we need to get for people who don't have kids who are youth, youth group age. Right. If everything we communicate is all about the youth group and junior high and high school kids, what about me? Who's a 31 year old dude who has no kids? Right. Like, yep. why would I, why should I care about this? And so it's like having that, that balance of what everybody needs to hear, or maybe just the people who have youth group aged kids or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a hard thing to balance, man, especially in, a, in churches, the size of ours. Yeah. Too. Yeah. There is just so many yeah. things going on that it, it gets mm-hmm. overwhelming really quickly. 
this is good. Thanks for having this conversation. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Uh, if anybody listening to either the live stream or the podcast or whatever has questions about this stuff, you can find me, uh, you can email me. Um, my email is uh, jman, M-A-N-N, at vineyardkcnorth.com, or just go to our church's website, vckc.com, and then click on the staff page, and you can you can find me there. Happy to yeah, help. Use that. John's a, John's a crazy good resource. I've learned a lot, even just talking and having this conversation as a not communications uh, person. You, you are. <laughs> <laughs> you're not a communications person that handles the bulletin and the videos and the social and the website. Like, right. uh, I think <laughs> yeah, the first right. stage is admitting that you have a, have a com, a com department. So. <laughs> right. And that's, maybe that's it. Maybe it's, 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 it's half airing it out for the other people and half airing it out for me and coming to terms of what my job yeah, actually right, is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> especially in this, in this era where I'm like, I'm not playing guitar or drums on Sunday morning. Yep. I'm having to do all this. So I'm like, all right, I guess this is who I am now. This is what it's I do. It's important work, like, man. It's really important work. Yeah. It's crazy, man. Well, well, thanks for hopping on, man. All right. Thanks Appreciate for having it. me. I'll talk to you later. All right.